Hey, true crime fans, welcome back to Murder on the Map. I'm your host, Taylor, and originally when I started this show, I was only covering crimes in the U.S., but since I've been doing research, and now we're in season three, I've found that there's so many underreported, cold, and bizarre cases from all over the world. So today will be the first international case that I tell you about. I've always been low-key afraid of cruise ships, and after researching this case, it's safe to say I won't be packing my bags for a cruise anytime soon. This is the story of the cruise ship cover-up, slash, the disappearance of Rebecca Coriam. Cruises are supposed to be a time where you can relax, leave your worries on the shore, and have a great time on vacation. Unfortunately, there's been so many news stories of sickness breaking out on cruise ships, there's thefts, murders, and in this case, a disappearance. Rebecca Coram was born in Chester, England on March 11, 1987. She lived with her parents Mark and Anna Maria, as well as her sister Rachel and two foster brothers. She went by the nickname Bex, B-E-X, which fit her bubbly, outgoing personality perfectly. When she was a teenager, she got a job working at the Chester Zoo, where her grandparents actually worked as well, and she was able to visit with them on her break. She then got a job at Doubletree by Hilton, where her sister Rachel also worked, and during her time at the Doubletree, she made a wide circle of friends who she remained in close contact with. After that, she joined the British Army Cadets and went attended Plymouth University, where she studied sports science. Because she had such a bubbly and outgoing personality, hospitality was a natural fit for her, and Rebecca became really interested in working on Disney cruise ships. In 2010, she decided to have an interview with Disney Cruise Lines. It's apparently really competitive to work on a Disney cruise. There's like hundreds of other people who are auditioning for just a few positions. And for those of you who aren't familiar with the Disney Cruise Line, it's basically like Disney World just on a cruise ship. There's still characters, but there's also more for parents to do, and it's very, very expensive. I looked it up, and today a Disney Cruise is about 125 to 150 per person per night at sea. So this is like over $4,000 for a family of four to go on a seven-night cruise, and it doesn't include things like excursions, alcohol, souvenirs, travel to and from the port, so it's a very pricey family vacation. Lucky for Rebecca, she was hired at Disney Cruise, and she was so excited about going for her training. She did four days at Disney World at the parks and had a great time. Eventually, she started working on the ship, and specifically, she was working on the Disney Wonder, which departs from Los Angeles. And while she was working on the ship, her parents said that she kept in pretty good contact with them and was always checking in, and they felt good about the whole situation. She was actually a youth worker on the ship, so basically she worked at a kids' club that led activities for kids while parents enjoyed some of the adult amenities. Sadly, during her time working on the boat, her grandfather passed away, so she had to return home for two weeks to attend the funeral and spend time with her family. That's the last time that anyone in her family saw her. 
On March 21, 2011, she departed on Disney Cruise once again. Rebecca sent her mom a Facebook message letting her know she was okay, that she was good to go, and that she would call her tomorrow. Everything seemed to be going fine on the boat. It was literally smooth sailing. There was nothing out of the ordinary going on. In the early morning of the 22nd, the boat was going past the coast of Mexico, and Rebecca never actually called her mom. Her mom began to get worried because she said that she was going to call her, and she was always really good about keeping in contact, and it left her a little concerned. Later that night, Rebecca's mom received a call from the Disney Cruise Line saying that Rebecca was missing. So obviously her mom was panicked because it's a cruise ship and it's very scary thinking about what could have happened. You're surrounded by water. Did she fall over? Like, is she hiding somewhere on the boat? A billion things are going through her mom's mind at this point. And something that I really didn't think about before I started researching this episode is that when you fall off a boat, it's actually like falling onto cement. I thought, okay, you fall off a cruise ship and it's water, so like maybe you're okay. Because you're so high up, it's actually like falling onto cement. So normally people who fall off of cruise ships or jump off cruise ships don't survive. So obviously there's a real sense of panic here. And here's an audio clip of Rebecca's parents talking about the phone call they received from Disney. Phone call about quarter eleven there the Tuesday evening here just before we go to bed from Disney to say that Rebecca is missing at sea and they've I don't think it gets any easier. I think the longer it goes on, the harder it seems to get. The night before Rebecca went missing, she was apparently at the bar on the ship with some of her friends. The next day, she was supposed to show up for work at 9 a.m., but she never showed up. That's when the crew decided to try to find her. They went to check on her in her cabin, and they weren't able to locate her, and she wasn't anywhere else on the ship and anywhere she would normally hang out. They paged her over the intercom, but they never received any response back, so at this point, they decided to take a look at the cameras on the ship. And that's when they found a CCTV video of Rebecca on deck one in the crew's quarters on one of the phones making a call. In the footage, people say that she looked upset, worried about something, or maybe had an argument with someone on the phone. No one was exactly sure what she was doing, but people were concerned that maybe something was wrong. The footage even shows someone passing by and asking if she's okay, and she said, yeah, I'm fine. So clearly someone even noticed that like in person, that she wasn't fine. After she got off the phone, she ran her hands through her hair, then put her hands in her back pocket and started walking away. This is the last footage of her. This is the last time that anyone would see her. Her parents said that these were normal mannerisms for her. Her parents flew out from England as soon as they could. They ended up going right to Los Angeles, right to the port, so they could be there when the ship docked. They were expecting the FBI to meet them there and be waiting for the boat, But it turns out the FBI wasn't there, and they were actually told that no U.S. organizations would be getting involved in this crime. That was when the sinister side of cruises starts to rear its ugly head. Rebecca's parents were brought to the ship port and put in a car with all blacked out windows and brought to a side entrance where they could get onto the boat without anyone seeing them. 
It was very much giving off the vibe that Disney wanted to keep this on the down low. This is because there was another cruise that was going to be boarding that day. You know, they drop the first load off and then they fill it back up again. The ongoing investigation did not keep the Disney Wonder from embarking on another cruise Sunday evening, just hours after it had arrived. There were already passengers waiting to get on the ship, and it wasn't going to look great if they found out that an employee, let alone one responsible, responsible for the safety of their children, had gone missing on the boat. Obviously, Rebecca's parents were really worried and devastated, but they got to go on the boat and talk to the captain. They went up to him and asked what he thought had happened, and he said that he thought that she had a disturbing phone call, and after that went up to the fifth floor to gather her thoughts. He said that maybe she was thinking about everything that happened on the phone call, and that maybe she was sitting on the edge of the boat or too close to the edge, and that maybe a big wave came and swept her right off into the ocean. Obviously, her parents didn't like this answer, and a lot of other people don't buy that explanation either. Her parents went to see the railing area themselves and to see how hard it would be for that to happen. They could barely see over the, see over the railing themselves. Here's Rebecca's parents talking about that experience. To the deck. And what, did you, what did you make of uh, the possibility of it being dangerous, that there could have been some sort of accident? We didn't think that was possible. I had to get underneath um, at least a four-foot rail uh, where there was a huge metal ledge, and I couldn't see over it. It was really quite high. I couldn't see how anyone could have gone over, or if they wanted to take their own life, even would have gone over it from that particular part of the ship. Disney Cruise basically said that they didn't have cameras in that area, but they're pretty sure that she just fell overboard. They didn't even want to entertain the idea that maybe something or someone on the boat had done something to her, or maybe one of their employees had done something. There's another case that's very similar to this one. Crime Junkie did an episode about it, and the young woman that disappeared from a cruise ship in that case was Amy Bradley. In the case of Amy Bradley, I truly believe that an employee, specifically someone in the band on that cruise ship, took Amy off the boat and brought her into human trafficking. There's research to show that that kind of thing happens a lot and cruises just kind of turn a blind eye to it. So here we are and they don't even want to entertain the idea that anything bad happened or that there's any foul play and the FBI is just refusing to help at this point. There was very little press coverage, but I was able to find some audio. So here's some audio of news coverage about Rebecca's disappearance and interviews with her fellow employees. When the Disney cruise ship Wonder returned from a seven-day Mexican cruise early Sunday morning, it docked in the port of L.A. with one of its crew members missing. 24-year-old Rebecca Coriam of Chester, England, worked in Disney's youth program. She vanished five days ago while the ship was on its way to Puerto Vallarta. They told us over the loudspeaker several times that they were looking for her. Okay. And then all of a sudden they said they still hadn't found her. The cruise line issued this statement today. We have been doing everything possible to find Rebecca Coriam, including conducting searches. Rebecca's disappearance has been difficult for everyone at Disney Cruise Line. But we didn't notice anybody panicking or, you know, frantically going in and out of rooms or... I actually didn't even notice, I didn't even notice the search. I mean, it was, um, they said that they were searching, but it was nothing obvious. But one passenger heard something much more ominous. I talked to uh, one of the uh, 
people that pick up, they said that uh, they found her shoes and her belongings, and mm -hmm. they have a feeling that she might have suicided. Very quiet woman. Rebecca Coriam's family boarded the Disney ship to speak with investigators and gather their daughter's belongings. They were given the option to have a Bahamas police detective look through the boat. But the problem with this police officer is that he was only given a few hours because of Disney needing to turn over the ship to new passengers and new crew. By the time the ship had even gotten to port, it had already been three days since Rebecca had gone missing. This situation is far from ideal in a missing persons case. The initial statement that Disney crews made was that they were heartbroken by the whole situation and what happened to Rebecca, but they said all questions about the incident needed to be forwarded to the Bahamas police. Then in May, two months after she had gone missing, the bank that she had used informed her parents that there was activity on the card. This gave her parents hope that maybe she was still alive. Unfortunately, nothing more ever came out of it. In September of 2011, Rebecca's uncle, John Jennings, decided to try to get into her Facebook account. But surprisingly, her password had been changed recently. Her family was confused by the bank and social media activity. Could it be evidence that Rebecca is still alive, or does it signal foul play and that someone has her information? Her family says that they were never given a final report of findings by the Bahamian police. The British, then British detectives got a hold of it, but then refused to release it to Rebecca's family, saying that it contained personal and sensitive information. Basically, they hit a dead end, and it seemed like there was a major cover-up going on. Then John Ronson showed up. He's a journalist who is very interested in Rebecca's case. He decided that he would go on the ship himself and make sure that he took the exact route that Rebecca was on when she disappeared. While he was on the ship, he spoke to many of the crew members that she worked with. He said a lot of the crew members didn't want their identity revealed. He said they seemed very weird when asked about the situation. He said that some of them were acting like there was more to the story, but that they were supposed to keep it quiet. One of the bartenders was quoted saying, quote, it didn't happen, but you know, that's just what I'm supposed to say, end quote. John also said that some of the crew members became defensive saying she fell off the boat and that Disney already knew exactly what happened. While John was on the boat, he scanned the whole thing and said that there were several places where someone could easily be thrown off the boat without anyone knowing. He came to the conclusion that the fourth deck was actually the most likely for someone to fall off because the railings weren't very high. He said it made more sense too because she often used this deck. She was into sports and exercise and she was constantly up there doing laps and stuff like that. The tricky thing about this deck is that it had a ton of cameras and if she fell, one of them would have picked it up. So let's talk about all the different theories about what could have possibly happened to Rebecca. Obviously, you talk about the idea of her falling off the boat is very possible. People do fall off of cruise ships. I've seen videos of it. It's horrendous. Uh, there's the whole scene in Titanic where Rose wants to jump. People often use the argument that there was a flip-flop of Rebecca's on the deck, so they think that she jumped off. But come to find out, these flip-flops weren't even Rebecca's, so that argument is out the window. Her family said the flip-flop just wasn't hers, and then they found another crew member's name written on the side of the shoe. The weather records show that the sea was completely normal that night. There were no waves or anything crazy. So to me, that should rule off the theory that she was swept off the boat by a large wave. John also said in his article that if there was a wave large enough to knock her off the boat, it would have left some type of damage on the boat, like a flooded area or something. 
Labour Member of Par- Parliament Chris Matheson believes that Rebecca was a victim of murder. He said the more you look into this, the more it smells rotten, the more it smells like a crime. He also claims to have a copy of the original police report with compelling evidence to show that a former Deputy Prime Minister named John Prescott also believed the possibility that she had been thrown overboard. Another theory is that she was possibly taken off the boat by a crew member. It doesn't seem like any investigators really think this happened, but like I said earlier, it is possible. Human trafficking is a huge industry, and getting a person that's not normally in the areas into sex trafficking can be very lucrative for the traffickers. The last theory is obviously that Rebecca committed suicide. I found in my research that 10% of cruise ship disappearances are said to be suicides. So a lot of people have said that maybe she was struggling and decided to take her own life. There were reports that Rebecca was in a relationship, but the relationship was struggling and not the happiest or healthiest. Rebecca and her girlfriend experienced quite a bit of relationship problems, and their relationship was described as being wonderful one second and horrible the next. But her family thinks this isn't really possible. They think that she wouldn't commit suicide, especially because she had just obtained passes for her family to visit Disney in Paris, and it was going to be a huge surprise for her family. Normally, people don't commit suicide if they have such a large and exciting event coming up, but it obviously can't be ruled out either. Rebecca isn't the only one that this has happened to. In the past 15 years, there have been hundreds of cases of people vanishing at sea and never being found again. Of these disappearances, roughly 50% of them are thought to have some sort of foul play element, and 40% of the time, the person has alcohol in their system. And it turns out that committing a crime on a cruise ship is much easier because you have a better chance of getting away with it. It's this weird place where no one's really responsible for the sea. No one has jurisdiction or owns the sea. So oftentimes, no one can help from your country and the normal efforts that would be made if you committed a crime or went missing on land are not made when you're missing or commit a crime at sea. I'm curious to know what you guys think or if you have any theories about what could have happened to Rebecca or if you have any of your own stories from cruise ships to deter me even further from going on one. So DM me on Instagram at TaylorBTalks to let me know what you think. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Murder on the Map. If you want to help bring more victims home, you can become a sponsor of my show. A link for that is in the show notes. 100% of the profits go to the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. The links to all of my sources, including the article by John Ronson, are in the show notes if you'd like to read more about the case. If you have a case you'd like to hear me cover, you can email me at murderonthemap at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram at taylorbtalks. Murder on the Map is a Radio Free Roscoe production show. I'll be back next week with an all-new episode.